you know, so many people now are counting their carbs, counting their calories, worry less about that and count your plants. That would be a surefire way to start increasing the number of beneficial bacteria down there, because that's what we want to do is increase the number of them and get them working their magic a bit more. Welcome to the first year anniversary episode of Mindset Mastery. Wow, how this year flew by. I want to thank every single one of you who has joined me on this journey, listened, shared, liked. It has made this whole experience that much sweeter. In this episode, I'm joined by personal trainer Tommy Berebi to talk all about gut health in relation to our mood, mental health and overall well-being. We're looking at some of the lesser known symptoms of poor gut health, the role of good bacteria in the gut, and probably one that none of us are keen to hear, the negative effect alcohol has on our body. I'm so glad you could join me for this very special episode. Now, let's get talking about the gut. Tommy, thank you so much for joining me on Mindset Mastery today. How are you? Thank you for having me, Rachel. I am pretty good. How are you? Very, very well. Thank you. So we are going to dive in and talk about gut health today. And the first thing that I really want to ask, the most basic question, how important is our gut health in relation to our mood and our overall mental health? Oh, hugely. You know, when I speak to people about gut health, I refer to it, I'll give it a few different names. You mentioned one of them before the show, referring to our gut as our second brain, but I also call it the pinnacle of our health. It is where much of our immune system lies. You know, so much of our immune system is in our belly. It is where nutrients are extracted from food, but also nutrients are made in the gut. So many people walking around feeling low and fatigued all the time when they could just be making more of these nutrients in their gut. Think B12 for energy. You know, a lot of people are getting B12 jabs nowadays. Think serotonin, happy chemical. These things are made down there in our belly. The, the gut and the bacteria in there are going to get us more regular, helping us to remove toxins from the body as well. It really is the control center to our health. It does so much for us without us even having to think about it. Yeah, that's massive. And how did you first become interested in learning all about gut health? Through Purely through struggles of my own. And, you know, if I didn't go through those struggles, maybe, maybe I might not have ever gotten to gut health, but it was purely through struggles of my own suffering with so many health problems for so many years that all actually started as a child between the, well, about six years old, possibly even earlier than that. I can't remember, but yeah, I was suffering as a child. And then as I got older, things sort of got a little bit better at one point. I think when I started exercising more and things like that, but when I found alcohol, that was like the now in the coffin, you know, alcohol, the gut really doesn't like alcohol. And when we are, there's a lot of different things that can kill off a lot of the, the bacteria in our gut. I'll get to that in a bit, but yeah, it certainly doesn't like alcohol. And when I became a personal trainer about eight or nine years ago, I was actually in a really poor state of health. And I used to think to myself, how, how can I show up to coach other people? when I'm such a mess myself. And it wasn't just physically, it was mentally as well. I was struggling to show up every day for clients and 
I felt like I had to be my own business card. You know, I, I built a, a good, strong-looking body, but it was not a reflection of, of what was really happening inside me. And for anyone listening, you know, you might see people out there with a, a really good body, for example, and they're all over Instagram, right? But it really is not a true picture of what is going on inside. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to ask you this a bit later, but since you brought up the topic of alcohol, and we all know that alcohol is bad, but what does it actually do to the gut? That, that's the thing, you know, I think a lot of people, they sort of know, okay, this food's bad, that food's bad, alcohol's bad, but they don't know why. And I think this is a huge, a huge thing. Like if people was to know why, they would have what I, I say to people. If you've got the knowledge, then you've got the power because then you can decide, okay, I'm going to do this. These are the repercussions. These are what it's going to do to me. So what is it doing in our body? Well, first of all, alcohol is a type of mold. And when we are, it, when you think of antibiotics, for example, they are anti, they, they kill off life inside of our gut, right? Alcohol has a similar effect to this. Now, when we are drinking it, we are killing off a lot of the bacteria in our gut and leaving a void for a, a not so beneficial type of organism to sort of multiply and overrun. This organism is called fungus. Fungus and mold are sort of part of the same family. And when we're drinking this alcohol, you know, we are killing off that bacteria and those bacteria are like the pinnacle of our health. But those are the ones that are going to protect us our immune system to make more of the nutrients we need. And when we're killing that off, you know, it's quite hard to, to build back again. So we weaken our immune system. And I find a lot of people, you know, I've been working with so many clients for a good few years now, maybe eight or nine years, so many clients. And I've noticed the pattern with people. They drink alcohol, right? The next day, they're okay. It's the days after that. And people don't seem to realize that it's the days after that when their when their mood takes a turn for the worse where some of their existing problems that they already suffer with they've turned the volume switch up on them yeah so relating our mood and our productivity and our energy levels to our gut that seems kind of unrelated you know if we don't have the information about it so when you do have poor gut health, I guess, what are some of maybe the lesser known symptoms that are actually really just directly pointed to your gut? You know what, that, that is a great, a great question because there are so many symptoms that you would never ever in a million years equate to be in your gut, you know, and all these people, you know, mental health is a huge thing now and so many people are suffering with it. And with these lockdowns, I really thought to myself, you know what, I feel like people's mental health is going to get worse. But I thought, I don't believe that is entirely down to them having to be indoors. Because for so many people, I know I'm going a bit off course here, but for so many people, you know, in this in the UK, they, was, they couldn't go to work. They were still getting paid and they're having extra time with their family. Yet those people are suffering from, with poor mental health. And I found a lot of those people turned to drink every day. You know, it started off as a bit of fun and then, it, and then they started using it because of how bad they felt every day. Now, our belly and our brain, they convey messages between the two of them all day long. And when the brain in your gut isn't happy, you can bet your life the brain in your head isn't either. And so many people are 
suffering with stomach problems, whether they know it or not, but especially the ones that know it, especially the ones that every day, you know, they're, they're in pain or they're cramped up in their stomach. There's usually something going on with their mood as well. And yeah, the, the, the two are linked because in our belly, we have another nervous system. It's called the enteric nervous system. And nonstop, there are messages being conveyed between the belly and the brain. They are linked much closer than what people think. Yeah. Explain to me what the enteric, how do you say that? Enteric nervous system. Enteric. Enteric nervous system. I've never (laughs) heard of that term before. Talk me through how that works. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, obviously people know about, have an idea about the nervous system, but, you know, I've heard it so much as well from different doctors talking about this nervous system. And I'm thinking, wow, I did not know we have that in our belly. You know, between that and the brain, they are sending messages to each other. And, you know, it's signaling to us when we when we might be hungry. And so many people are just eating when, when they're not even hungry now. You know, it makes us crave, crave certain foods. We're walking around craving sugar. Typical diet, you know, would be cereal for breakfast sandwiches for lunch and snacks throughout the day are all all processed we're we're forever craving these type of foods and it's sort of the norm as well i was brought up on this sort of food yeah it's just working so closely with the brain all the time so what do processed foods and sugar in particular do to the gut is it similar to the effect that alcohol has so when you think of processed foods first of all a lot of them have got preservatives in them right Now, most people know that preservatives aren't good, but again, they have no idea why. Well, let's think what the preservatives are preserving the food from. They're preserving it from bacterial overgrowth. So when that gets in our body, it's going to have an effect on our bacteria. Now, I haven't really spoke enough about this during this video, but the bacteria in our gut are, you know, people look at bacteria right now, especially in this day and age of being bad, but it is those bacteria, like I've said, they are the pinnacle of our health because they are working their magic down there and doing so many of the things that we need for our body to do. So when we are eating processed food, number one, we are possibly killing off a little bit of the bacteria down there. But number two, there are a lot of different organisms in our gut. Now, most of them are beneficial, the bacteria, but some are not so beneficial. And we need them down there. You know, they're, having, they're playing an important role as well. I heard a doctor use this little analogy the other day. He said, we need sharks in our oceans, but too many of them would be a bad thing. And that's the same with the bugs that live in our gut. You know, there are some not so beneficial ones, but the, the bacteria, the beneficial bacteria will keep those not so beneficial bugs in check. But when we are living off of a diet that is full of processed foods, those not so beneficial organisms that live down there love boxed, packaged and processed foods and they will multiply. And when they start to overrun those bacteria, it becomes a problem. And we are then inviting more of the things that are making us miserable, whatever that may be, low mood, fatigue, brain fog, illness, chronic pain, headaches, anxiety. I always say to people, fill in the blank for yourself because it doesn't so much matter what it is you're suffering with okay of course it does but you're going to go about fixing it the same way in most cases because the gut is having a role playing a role in absolutely everything 
And you can get into kind of a vicious circle at that point if you're feeling bad and then you turn to the alcohol or the sugary food, which makes your gut health worse in turn. So you feel bad. So it can come kind of a cycle then. That yeah. That is so damn true. And I've experienced it before. You know, when you're feeling really lousy, the only thing that's going to make you a little bit happier is knowing you're going to have a nice whatever it is. And I used to do it so many times, you know, I felt depressed. I had all these problems going on. And honestly, the only bit of happiness I got was for five minutes looking forward to, you know, a couple of donuts or a bowl of ice cream. But then that happiness, you know, it's a very short lived amount of happiness. And I say to a lot of people, you are not going to regret not having the pizza and the takeaway and the alcohol if you don't have it yesterday the next day you're not going to get to the next day and regret it you know mm. but yeah that that is so true that is so true yeah so what can we do to start to take control of our gut health obviously you know the obvious answer is cut out alcohol sugary foods but what are some really good things we can put in our body and also in relation to movement as well, exercising and the two like working in hand in hand. Yeah, you know, like you say, the obvious would be cutting out things. But for so many people, they're not ready to be cutting anything out right now. So let me give you an example of what I did. One day I was after just before I'd become a personal trainer, actually, I had a shoulder operation and I couldn't really do much. I was playing my Xbox for 16 17 hours a day it was crazy and I was getting a takeaway about 6 p.m at night and then about 12 p.m at night I was getting another takeaway I was living off of takeaways boxed and packaged foods and that is all I ate but what I started doing now I don't know how it come into my head I think I was just suffering with so many things I thought I'm gonna try eating some vegetables and I didn't cut out any of these takeaways I just put some vegetables on the side of my plate now it was far from perfect but it was my way of starting to get some goodness into my body. And it was easy because I didn't have to stop having the takeaways. I just put some vegetables on the side of the plate. This is known as habit stacking because I didn't have to go out my way to do anything more. I just ate the take, you know, I had a kebab on my plate, a greasy, as they call it over here, a greasy doner kebab. But I had a, I had a, I had a lot of vegetables with that as well. And that was a start. So I would say adding something in and vegetables are what is known as a prebiotic. Prebiotics feed the bacteria in the gut. We've got prebiotics, probiotics and postbiotics. The prebiotics are the fuel for the bacteria that live inside the gut. The probiotics are the beneficial bacteria that live inside the gut. And the postbiotics are what the bacteria make. Think B12 for energy, think serotonin, the happy chemical. So up in your plant intake, you know, so many people now are counting their carbs, counting their calories. Worry less about that and count your plants. That would be a surefire way to start increasing the number of beneficial bacteria down there, because that's what we want to do is increase the number of them and get them working their magic a bit more. Yeah, absolutely. I think that old saying, you are what you eat, really comes into play here because you, you know, you get more out of the good things that you put in your body rather than putting in all the bad things. Definitely. And I, I heard another one, actually, you are what you don't excrete. And there are so many people walking around who are just essentially 
full of crap <laughs> and they are not going often enough and when we are removing our bowels more often this is a way of detoxing because you know we are removing something another way like you mentioned a little while ago i didn't touch on that but exercise when we are exercising and even getting our heart rate up maybe sweating a little bit we are detoxing because the skin is the largest organ and it is an organ of detoxification and that is another way we can remove some of these toxins because we're coming into co contact with toxins all day long it's not just the food we're eating it's the air that we are breathing this is huge another thing that people don't consider the air that we are breathing is invisible so no one even thinks about it but in our homes especially with some of the i mean a lot of homes now have had some damp in them you know which creates mold and is a little one for you the the first antibiotic that was ever that come on that come on the market in 1928 was found by a man and he found this by trying to work out what was killing what would kill off some of the bacteria in his petri dish because if he could find out this he's you know he's come up with a very important medicine and he left he accidentally he went he left his house for two weeks <clears throat> and he left one of the lids off of one of these petri dishes in his house by accident when he come back he realized that some of the bacteria had stopped growing so if he could have found out what had stopped this bacteria growing he has found the first antibiotic and he found that the, the moldy orange that was in his kitchen had a type of mold growing on it called penicillium and it is that penicillium where penicillin comes from that was our first ever antibiotic so it essentially comes from mold so again, if we are breathing in poor air quality, if we've had a lot of damp in our homes and those mold spores in the air, they're invisible, that is another way that is going to kill off a lot of the bacteria in our gut, a way that people don't even consider. So the air we are breathing, the food we are eating, the products we are using on our skin, the products we are cleaning our homes with, even the flame retardant chemicals on our sofas and our beds are all having an impact on our body it's all toxins coming in but we have a body that is quite well equipped to deal with some of these things if we are utilizing our pathways of detoxification like our bowel movements like our skin which is an organ of detoxification and the liver sorry to go on but the liver produces one of the largest antioxidants in the body called glutathione and when we are taking care of our gut it will take care of our liver and help us detoxify from some of these things that we are coming into contact with. Yeah. Yeah. That's massive as well. And like you said, the skin is the biggest organ and it will really absorb anything that we come into contact with. And also just the idea that we have all these fad detoxes, whether it's like you do juicing or teas or anything, but really you're talking about detoxing our body every day with movement, bowel movements. So what are, some things we can do then to help our body in that direction. Sure, yeah. So as I mentioned a little while ago, eating vegetables, first and foremost, this is going to feed the bacteria and get them making us more regular. It is the fibre in these vegetables. The bacteria are going to keep hold of some of this fibre. Because people think you just eat a food and you pull through it all out. No, not the case. The bacteria will take some of this fiber and they will then make more of the things we want think b12 for energy think serotonin the happy chemical but as you said movement you know daily movement is going to encourage what is known as peristalsis 
movement of the bowel. When we are moving daily, we are going to get ourselves moving more regularly, removing more of those toxins. And one that I don't see anyone doing, which is just the most basic one. There is no better drink in the world than water. Hands down, it is free to us all. There is nothing better. And I heard another great analogy from another doctor the other day saying that water is like, will help get, get the bowel moving. And he, his analogy was helping the log pass downstream. If we are, you know, putting more water in our body, then we are going to, again, encourage peristalsis, movement of the bowel. But when we are not, our body's having to hunt around and excrete water from every bit of food we put in our body, except most of the food we are eating is devoid of any water. It is all the vegetables that are full of, full of water. So that would be a very important way, you know, up in our water intake. Start small, even if it is just an extra glass per day. If you're standing there making your coffee in the morning, habit stack. It would be the easiest way to, you know, have a glass of water while you're having that coffee. You haven't got to go out your way to do it. You're standing by the kettle anyway. So the four that I would focus on the most for that, and I always speak about them, are nutrition, hydration, sleep, and movement. You know. If we can get optimizing those a little bit more, we're going to get these bowel movements working better. Mm. And then also just like relating back to mind and mental health, is there kind of a chemical imbalance that happens when you're not eating enough um, good food and you're living on a diet of cereals and breads and, and not enough fibers? Yeah, yes. Yeah, something like that. So in our gut, we have a gut lining right that stops anything from passing through the gut yeah now if you think of our intestine it could be anything up to the length of a tennis court apparently yeah and in this intestine we've got a lining that stops food particles from passing through but this lining is only about one cell thick it is you know so tiny but it allows nutrients to pass through it will open up to allow nutrients to pass through but if this lining is damaged and if food particles are allowed to pass through into the bloodstream, we can expect any number of misery in any part of our body. Now, this is called the gut brain um, barrier. And we have, we have, if anything can pass through to the brain as well, there's another barrier there. If something can get through the bloodstream into the brain, this can set us up for any number of mental health problems also. Mm. And why is that? Just give me a explanation of what what happens. So yeah, I mean when we when we are eating food, you know this this one cell thick lining in the gut could have been could have been compromised for any number of reasons. A big one could be antibiotics, alcohol especially. And one of the worst times to drink alcohol, if you really must, is on an empty stomach because that is going to damage the gut lining in our stomach over time allowing food particles to pass through you know so many people i see are suffering with joint pain back pain this pain that pain and they've not had any physical injury you know this is just something they're walking around with they're seeing physios they're going for massages but i do believe that really if they was to fix their gut they would sort of give themselves they would turn down the volume switch on some of this pain. In fact, I believe that if we fix our gut, we can turn down the volume switch on anything that we are suffering with. Mm. So if you have damaged your gut in some way, say 
due to alcohol, how long does it take for that to then leave your system and for the gut to be able to repair itself? Well, uh, as you as you probably know yourself, you know the body is a master at healing. It is a master at repair. The body is always healing, but we can either put ourselves in the right situations to heal, or we can continue drinking the alcohol, eating the processed food, and it's going to have a hard time doing so. So I think, you know, if someone was to start eating more vegetables, they're going to feed the bacteria. This is going to help repair. And there are plenty of good supplements on the market as well that can also aid in repair only alongside a, a, a changed diet. But, you know, I think it will get to repair, get to repairing itself straight away. But the moment we start to go back and drinking alcohol, the alcohol is one of the biggest setbacks, I believe, is one of the biggest setbacks. As I've said to you, I've worked with thousands of people and whenever they have that alcohol, it is a setback for them. It will turn up their volume switch or they end up getting sick. They get in a cold or flu. I've, I've noticed it so many times and with myself, you know, and that's why I haven't drunk alcohol for three and a half years. Now, this is not because I've said to myself, I'm giving up alcohol forever, but I just don't want the repercussions from it. Now, I've got a wedding to go to in September. I'm the best man for that wedding. And I've got to do a best man speech and everything. I thought, I'm really, I really want to have some alcohol to do this. But I want to do my best to try not to because I don't want the repercussions, you know? Mm. I don't want what it's going to give me. Yeah, absolutely. So some of like the colds and flus that we get, can that be from like relating to our gut health as well from like a lower immune system? Massively. Much of our immune system lies down there in our gut. You know, they say 70 to 80% of our immune system is in our gut. And again, I find when people are not, re I found it with myself as well, when you are not regular enough, you know, you are holding on to a lot of the toxins in the body as well. And it's just depleting the immune system. Now, like I said about damp buildings and mold inside buildings, this is immunosuppressive. It suppresses the immune system. There's a lot of medications we can take that suppress the immune system. And obviously, when our immune system is suppressed, everything that's coming in is going to have even more of an effect on our body as well. So, yeah, gut health and the immune system, massively, massively related. Mm, yeah. It is, the, it is the immune system. Yeah. So talk me through the four pillars you mentioned before, nutrition, hydration, sleep, and movement. Do you have <clears throat> like optimal amounts that you need of each of these every day? It just depends where everyone's at. You know, for myself and for a lot of the clients I'm working with now, they are really optimizing these areas. Whereas, you know, some people are not really getting, putting any focus into any of them. And for so many people, they are going to find that just by putting a little bit of focus into these four, just by getting a little amount of these four each day, whether it is a, a, some vegetables with their dinner, whether it is an extra bottle of water, a 10-minute walk, can't do that, a five-minute walk. You know, and the sleep, I'm not necessarily telling people to get more sleep. I'm telling people that better quality of sleep is, you know, because there's already not enough time in the day. There's already not enough time in the day for so many people, especially the business owners that I'm working with. And their worry at first is that they're going to have to take some time out of their day, which is true because cooking good food takes time. Cleaning up after takes time. Going out and sourcing the food takes time. 
you know, but if we don't make time for our health, we will sooner or later have to make time for our poor health. And that is a pretty miserable place to be. So a little focus in those four is going to bear people to much better health, even just a small amount. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So one final thing you talk about, the gut-brain axis. Um, and we have kind of covered a little bit like to do with that, but just explain to me what that, that term means. Yeah, so the gut-brain axis, you know, you've got the, the gut and the brain conveying messages to each other. That enteric nervous system that's in the gut. And yeah, it's known as the gut-brain axis. And if, if anyone wants to, you know, learn a bit more about that, you can literally just type that in and you'll be amazed by some of the things you find there. And like I said before, you know, you've got the barrier that's stopping the food particles getting through the gut into the bloodstream. You've also got the blood-brain barrier as well, thing, stopping anything getting into, into the brain, protecting that area. But when this is open, then it can allow you know, toxins to, to filter into the brain. And again, this is when we can get any number of mental health problems. You see, my mum my is schizophrenic, so I've grown up seeing a lot, of, a lot of mental health problems. And to be honest with you, when I was 14 or 15, I was going through a bad time, and I used to say to myself, you're going to end up like your mum. You're going to end up with mental health problems like, like your mum. And, you know, if you walk into a doctor's office and you're suffering with something, they're going to ask you a few questions. And one of those questions is going to be, did your mum have it? Did your dad have it? You know, did your granddad have it? But we have all the power to influence whether we end up like our parents or whether we don't. We can live the same as our parents. You know, we can live the same as them or we can live a little bit differently to them a little bit differently to the norm, you know, and this may seem a little bit hard at first because people around you might be eating the, the boxed and packaged foods and having the takeaways, but it is well worth it further down the line. And people have no idea how good they are supposed to be feeling because we are walking around with so many other people feeling way below par, which is not normal. And abnormal seems to be the new normal. So for anyone listening, you have all the power to turn your volume switch up and make your problems worse or conversely, turn it way down. Mm, yeah, no, that's a really, really powerful statement there. It has become the norm, like you said, just to especially feed our body with the wrong things, just to deal with whatever is going on instead of really like looking at the, the core of it a lot of the time. That's right. And every, every, everything... We are treated for our symptoms. And another good analogy I heard the other day is if, if we take our car to a garage with a problem, they're not just going to listen out and see what noises it makes and then try and fix the problem. They're going to open the uh, they're going to open up the bonnet and they're going to have a look and see what's going on inside. Now, you know, if we if we focus on fixing our gut first, that is what is that's the pinnacle of our health. That is going to influence everything. So focusing on what goes in because what goes in is going to have a direct impact on how we look think feel and function tomorrow the next day the day after that and the day after that i think that is a fantastic statement to finish on thank you so much for coming on the show we've covered so many topics but if people want to learn more where can they connect with you online thank you so much for having me on it's been a real pleasure and if you would like to connect with me online i am on facebook the name and instagram the name is tommy berabee b 
bit of a strange one. Spelt uh, B E double R A B E. So you shouldn't have any problem finding me on there. And that's the two places you can connect with me. Fantastic. And we will put those links in the show notes for you to check out as well. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Tommy. It's been great to talk to you. Thank you, Rachel. It's been amazing. You can find those links and connect with Tommy by checking out the show notes below. One more piece of exciting news before we go. As we've reached our one-year milestone, we're going to ramp it up. Mindset Mastery is now going to have weekly episodes. I can't wait to share double the interviews with you. And if you'd like to be a guest yourself, I would love to hear from you. Head to the details in the show notes to get in touch. I can't wait to see you right back here again next week. Until then, remember, we are only limited by what we believe we are limited.